Hello and welcome to How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And Lindsay, how yes. are you holding up? Um, I had a very long week and so I'm feeling extremely burnt out and I'm having a hard time today regulating my emotions. Yeah. So it feels like a little child inside an adult child instead of an adult <laughs> person rather. And that's yeah. our arguing about what we need to have done today. Nothing so. quite like having the internal child voice screaming at you. Yeah. And you're just like, no, no, I just need you to just be normal, please. It's also just like a low dopamine day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys get that where it's like specifically nothing's really enjoyable. And I don't know if it's, oh, I'm going towards a depression or, oh, it's just like a weird ADHD day where like things I usually like doing are boring because I keep doing them. Yeah, no, I've been feeling that lately again with uh, video games and the yep. sort where all my usual sources of dopamine are not doing it for me anymore. <laughs> the well is drying out. How are you holding up, Chris? I'm, uh, I had a, I had therapy today. I had, uh, a RPG session afterwards, which takes a lot of mental brain energy to improvise for like four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday, uh, the movie, st- uh, we st- uh, saw everything everywhere all at once uh, yes. and it was amazing, but literally kind of an echo chamber of the kind of thoughts that I've been dealing with of existential nihilism versus existential absurdism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, I've, I've not had a, uh, story necessarily stick with me quite so well. Uh, I would say that that movie is not something you should see on a date with somebody that you're just <laughs> starting. At least I was very emotionally, uh, moved and mm-hmm. I cried for about 45 minutes during the movie, which I don't usually do. It's not something I normally do. But it was like once I started, they just kept hitting you with like – and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, yeah. funny, pretty much perfectly made movie. Um, so if you've had depression, ADHD, both, um, really any kind of mental – you know, where you're feeling like you're just behind in life, you should watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Former yeah. gifted children, be aware. <laughs> It is. It, and is it was not, not eye rolly or anything. It wasn't like hitting you over the head with anything. No. It was just. It was lovely. So it was. It was positively amazing. Uh, visually stunning. Uh, be very careful if you do have uh, epilepsy, though. That is a big. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little surprised there wasn't a trigger warning for also, a couple of scenes. Bring freaking tissues because I only had the stupid AMC napkins and like. They yeah. smelled kind of like butter and they were basically mm-hmm. cardboard paper that was like scratching my nose and eyes and like <laughs> not soaking any of the wetness. And I was just like, I was a wet, runny mess. Just kind of distributes the wetness more. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> Bring tissues, soft ones. Yes. Um, but today we are going to continue our series on anger and the sort with a little bit of a special peek into ADHD and emotional sensitivity. Specifically adult ADHD. And we just want to mention once again, as we have to do every once in a while, that we are not therapists, doctors, or any kind of health uh, professional, mental health professionals. We're just normal people 
exploring the vast world of mental illness and our own mental wellness. Yes. And uh, as such, everything that we have is more experiential than it is uh, objective. We've all had our own experiences uh, with mental health. And to say that there is a one definition for everything, that is not at all accurate. So (laughs) our experiences will be different from yours. And yours will be different from ours, which will be different from everyone else's. So you never know. It's a mixed bag. (laughs) Both Chris and I are diagnosed with ADHD. Um, We have a really great episode talking about uh, ADHD. I don't remember which one exactly, but Mm -hmm. it there is no ADD. So if you were diagnosed with ADD, you, uh, welcome, you have ADHD. They got rid of ADD, the terminology for it. Um, so, but specifically we wanted to talk about how anger is demonstrated and scientifically why it is so different for people with ADHD, or at least it looks different than for neurotypicals. Um, and we are going to be heavily relying on some of our, uh, favorite YouTube's, and specifically one, which is How to ADHD. She's amazing. She talks about a lot of different topics. She's been doing this for many, many years, and we often go to her for sources of information. So we'll be quoting a couple of her um, helpful tips and thoughts on the matter. And she quotes doctors. So here we go. Um, First and foremost, I think what everyone needs to know is we all experience anger and rage that kind of building up where it's overwhelming. And then some of us uh, will actually throw a punch into the wall or slam the door or hang up the phone on the boss or, you know, throw the the desk across the, the room. And it's totally inappropriate action. Later, you usually feel embarrassed by it, shamed by it. You don't know why you did it. Mm-hmm. And um, a big thing that we've learned today is that our brains and ADHD are just different. So... The part of the brain that holds back inappropriate actions while you're feeling really emotionally irregulated is called the anterior cingulate cortex, ACC Mm -hmm. for short. Yes. And the ACC in its own way is more of the rational side of your brain. It's definitely caters more to, if anything, it's almost a time delay on action. Because when you are angry and when you want to say, pick up a chair, throw it, or you want to slam your fist into a wall, or you want to tell someone exactly what you're thinking, (laughs) uh, the ACC will instead go, hey, wait a minute. Think about this. Is that what you want to do? Because there's consequences. consequences. (laughs) Yeah, It reminds you of consequences. Every single time. There are consequences for all of your actions. Everything you do, every moment, there is something that will happen afterwards. Now, will it always be bad? No. Will it always be good? God, no. But we know that at the very least, if you take a moment and you don't act on impulse, which can be very difficult, it usually ends up a little better than if you had if you had acted on impulse, it would be way worse. Yeah, and I think, you know, something that is frustrating, I think, for a lot of us who grew up diagnosed with it. Um, 
is that, you know, we see the impulsivity in a lot of stuff and it's like, well, why don't you just control yourself better? You need to stop and think before you do these actions. Well, according to Dr. Russell Barkley, who is a clinical psychologist and he specifically writes a lot about ADHD, mm-hmm. um, he says that the ACC in neurotypicals lights up when there's a conflict, emotional or um, social, and in ADHD brains, the ACC appears to do nothing at all. It does yep. not light up at all. <laughs> yep. It is just straight up. Uh, it's a ghost town in your brain. <laughs> Which makes me so mad because yeah. it's so frustrating. Like the more I learned, this is something that's been interesting for me. And at least I, I thought I didn't, I knew that I would learn a lot on our journey with this podcast about um, mental health and whatnot, but I didn't realize how frustrated and angry I would get for all of us who have been belittled or made fun of, or I don't even know how to explain it. Like, that ADHD isn't that big of a deal, right? Like yep. people may, it's like, well, that's just because you can't focus. It's just, they, they, I don't know, they make it smaller than it actually is. And that's so frustrating because oh, obviously yeah. there's huge, huge consequences, you know, us mm-hmm. going and buying way more stuff than we needed to. Us, you know, you hear about a lot of ADHD people are more prone to cheating because in the moment it feels good and then you realize, oh, fuck. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very frustrating for me that it's our actually- brain literally won't stop us from being an asshole sometimes. Yeah, no. And I mean, this is the thing, too, because I when I was growing up and, you know, angry teen, whatever the hell, and I was really into psychology uh, for a time there. And this is honestly like a shitty thing. I was convinced genuinely that ADHD was not real. Yep. me too. I was genuinely positive that it was just and kind of this is a cynical take, honestly, but it was in my mind, I was convinced that it had to have been something created so that pharmaceutical companies could push Ritalin. Or I thought it was something Adderall. that like came from parent a generation of parents who had to have both parents working, yep. and suddenly the you know these kids were going through a lot. There's more divorce happening in our generation. It's like, well, why ADHD didn't exist before, and suddenly we have ADHD. It's mm-hmm. like, no, we have better science now, so we understand what's happening with these kids. And it's not the more sugar in our food, which I also nope. thought might be a thing. It's not the fact that there's bad parenting, which, you know, is a thing. But no, mm-hmm. it's just a general, your brain is different. If you have ADHD, your brain is different. It's not a chemical difference even. It's your brain literally is different. So be gentle with yourself. Um, yeah. The great thing about how to ADHD, the YouTube, she she has ADHD as well. And she's been documenting her whole thing. Um, but she also always ends with like talking about what you can do. And She's very cute in how she explains this. She was talking about, we don't have the normal breaks that neurotypicals have. So what do we do? We need to build our breaks. And she mentions the things that we've talked about before on the last episode, which was like what to do about your anger. Like the first one was meditation. And she said, look, it doesn't have to be boring. You don't have to just sit there and like let your brain go quiet. And she said, all it has to be is sitting there and experiencing your feelings and your thoughts and like recognizing it without doing anything. And there's research that shows that meditation can actually change your brain and it can strengthen the parts that we are really lacking with ADHD. So it's something to look into and like, I guess we should do it, Chris. I mean, it's really, (laughs) it's hard. It just sounds so boring to me. I don't know if we should like try different kinds of meditation or what, but it just sounds like so, I don't know. I mean, the thing is for me, at least I typically, I, I, I wouldn't even like, originally I wouldn't, I would have said that I don't practice meditation but i realize that i do it in my own way i don't do it in a 
clear cut, you know, tried and true. Like disassociating deep. is not meditation, Chris. No, damn it. That's not what I was going to talk about. But I'm that's teasing. admittedly also a valid point. <laughs> it's it's more along the lines of when I'm trying to sleep at night, mm. when I'm trying to wind down for the evening, if I'm doing, say, you know, if I'm doing breathing exercises or if I'm doing something where I'm trying to just slow down my thoughts like if I'm following like a guided meditation, for mm. example, is a prime example because I'll use guided meditations a lot to try and get to sleep because there's clear cut instructions on, OK, here is what we are going to do now. Now you have to feel with your right hand or your left hand or the sensations going through your feet or whatever the case may be. And I would follow that while breathing and also while, you know. Having my eyes closed, no stimulus outside of here's what's happening. Nine times out of ten, yeah, I will fall asleep during this because that's what it's intended to do, <laughs> which is one of the hesitations that I have on taking meditation outside of my sleep time into more active uses. Like, you know, calming myself during a particular frustrating moment or... I think also meditation, like if you're doing it in general, Mm -hmm. it will help you in those moments. Unless, like, for those of us who are just raw dogging life and not meditating or anything, um, you know, those things come up and it's like you're at, you feel out of control and you feel like there's nothing you can do. But if you start, you know, practicing meditation, you start having a little more control over your and awareness of your thoughts, which brings us to mindfulness and breathing. Mm-hmm. She mentioned belly breathing. We don't need to go into mindfulness. We talked about it the last episode. Yep. Um, CBT, we've talked about that, the um, type of therapy that focuses on how to process, I think, your feelings in the moment and how they come out with your actions. Yes. Cognitive like behavioral therapy. Yes. Uh, there are other definitions for CBT that uh, not therapeutic. <laughs> Or, yes. Well, some for some people, yes, maybe, but that's beside the point. <laughs> and they do – usually it's for people with depression and anxiety, but they have now started making specific courses – not courses, but I don't know what you'd call it – but for ADHD folks mm-hmm. like ourselves. Um, and then medication. Look, if you're struggling and you're on the struggle bus like I was and I didn't even realize how much my life was falling apart all the time and yep. how much it stressed me out and yep. how I had made all these weird – things to to keep keep on going on um and then i took medication and i was like oh wow and has it fixed everything absolutely not Mm -hmm. um there's lots of problems that i still have and will always have i'm sure sure so that's why we keep trying um but i I recommend trying medication talk to your doctor obviously we are not doctors Mm -hmm. and more importantly when you do talk to your doctor and you do have thoughts about medication if you get put on a medication and you don't like it and you notice that something's not right or something isn't working, guess what? You need to talk to your doctor about that. Yes, I did you that. You need to let I them know. Her, yeah, I asked her to up my dosage because I was like, well, I feel great on this dose, but I'm starting to feel like a fading effect. Maybe if I take even more, it'll be even better and I'll be even more normal. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it, it was too much. There were days where it was like, okay. And then there were days where my heart was speedy and it was terrible. So I asked her yep. to lower it and she did. So I'm back down to a 10. Yep. When I was on Wellbutrin, as I've brought up in the past, I was on uh, 300 milligrams at one point, And oh boy, 
liked it. I get angry at the drop of a hat because Oof. everything was so much all the time. That's so, actually a good point. Medication this mm-hmm. month, I think almost all ADHD medication can make you irritable yep. and more prone to anger. So that's something to oh, keep yeah. aware of. Yeah. So, and then the last thing she – oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, so the uh, medication in general, uh, for me, my a lot of my anger – was coming from being frustrated at not being able to focus Mm. and like breaking it down to that level where I was like, okay, why am I sad? Why am I frustrated? Why am I depressed? Okay. Uh, It stems from frustration. Okay. What am I frustrated at? Well, I can't think fast enough. Oh, okay. Let's try this. And all of a sudden, a lot of my rage and my anger and my frustration and my depression were not gone, but alleviated. So it it, it all kind of comes down ultimately to what is the source of your particular form of depression or anger or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But as you were saying, the last thing that she brings up. Oh, she was bringing up the last uh, break was mm-hmm. exercise. And while we've talked about that and it's like, yeah, yeah, I know I should exercise. Uh, she brought up an interesting point, which was aerobic exercise, like running, walking, you know, dancing. Mm-hmm. It impacts Uh, has the most impact on ADHD symptoms overall. And mind-body exercise like yoga has the most impact on self-regulation, which I didn't know. I didn't think about the fact that it would affect different things. So I know it's interesting. Yoga in particular is one of those that I've tried several times in the past. And every time I end up just kind of doing child's pose in the corner of a room, (laughs) Uh, which is fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's, uh, just further, you know... I need to be kinder with myself <laughs> and my don't ability. we all I right? don't know why we're so we're so hard on ourselves. Oh, we'll so that's a whole episode us, of itself. Yes, a whole episode. This brings us to uh, the fact that so there's an interesting thing that happens with ADHD, and that mm-hmm. is we tend to be many of us more sensitive, and that's called emotional hypersensitivity. We also have rejection sensitive dysphoria. Not everyone. But most of us do. Yeah. So we were just going to talk a little bit about that and how obviously that would affect anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we will have a part two on ADHD because I just find all of this really interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, because there's I didn't so know. much to go over. Like, and there's with so much they're just this. now learning, you know, within the last mm-hmm. like five years, six years. And I believe, honestly, if you really think about it, too, we've now experienced as a you know group civilization, basically, uh, a very harrowing international you know global event that has unseen mental health ramifications like we never experienced this level of connectiveness while still being completely isolated and separate and we're not gonna know for decades probably what the full effects of this pandemic were so on top of everything else Mm -hmm. but um With rejection-sensitive dysphoria, like, in particular, we're now kind of all, like, getting back into socializing. And we're going to probably see a lot more of people getting harder on themselves at being rejected. Whether it's hanging out with friends or asking someone on a date or even just something as simple as, like, I'd like to apply for a job or something. 
Like, yeah, we're going to go, I think the next episode, we should go more into what rejection yeah. sensitive dysphoria is exactly. But mm-hmm. some of the symptoms are you get easily embarrassed. You might get really angry or have emotional outbursts when you feel like someone has hurt or rejected you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have really high standards for yourself that you can't meet. Yep. You have really low self-esteem. You feel anxious when you're in social situations. You have problems with relationships. Maybe you mm-hmm. avoid social situations and withdraw from other people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel like a failure because you haven't lived up to other people's expectations and maybe even your own expectations. Oh, yeah. And, of course, that comes with um, trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes thinking about hurting yourself. Yep. So at least for me, rejection, sensitive dysphoria, I didn't. I know a little bit about it. I read a little bit about it today, but even before this. And I started realizing that I'm so – this is really embarrassing to talk about. But I am so sensitive to rejection. And I always – my family was always like kind of – I felt rough about it. But maybe they were just being normal about it. They're like, Lindsay, you know, you're so sensitive about – I feel like I can't talk to you about anything because mm. you get so defensive. You get so – and there's good reasons for that, right? Right. Yeah. But – <laughs> but there are some conversations that should have probably gone easier, but I was so ramped up already because I think this this uh, rejection-sensitive dysphoria would come up and I would get irrationally emotional and mm-hmm. upset and angry, just furious. Um, it happened the other day at work. This is so stupid. But in the moment, I felt like somebody was being chosen over me to help a, um, I can't explain. I'm under NDA, so I can't really talk about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But it was a scene, and um, I felt like I was somebody else was chosen to help put together costumes for a specific person. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt like, well, why wasn't I chosen? I'm the senior in this group. Like that person barely has done this job. I'm I've been doing this for years. Like why? And it was like Lindsay, seriously, like let the other person do it. Learn how to do this. Let them like have a little bit of the limelight. Why am I feeling so rejected right now? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes I feel, especially in the industry that I'm in as a female, it can get um, rough when you're with all men all day Oh yeah, in a room. And you do often get talked over. There are things yep. that happen and you are excluded from stuff as a woman in the gaming industry. And so... Um, I mean, let's be honest. It's pretty much true in every industry. <laughs> Yeah, but specifically, like, you will usually have more women, I think, in other industries now at this point. Um, But in any kind of tech stuff, I feel like we're still pretty much the minority. So, you know, and I just got so sensitive. And this was a nice, these were nice guys. These were nice people. So, and it was like my, and I was, and I got snappy after that. And I had like little, like, I don't know, like a little attitude with how I responded. And I shut down. Instead of like Mm -hmm. lashing out, what I've done is I shut myself down because I'm, worried that I'll have a really nasty reaction or I'll say something yeah. that's really mean and I really shouldn't say it. And it, it's not even like a thing that it's not a thing. Um, and it's embarrassing because I, most of the time I feel like I'm a pretty well put together, well-spoken person. And then I just get so sensitive and I get so hurt by something and I lash out. And then you get into a shame spiral where shame. you then think about how you behaved and you don't hold up to your own standards of how you think people should be, especially yourself. And Mm -hmm. then you get more angry and then it, yep. Loop. (laughs) Yep. And being emotionally hypersensitive that comes with, um, a lot of different diagnoses like autism. They're usually hypersensitive, um, into general things, Uh, emotional hypersensitivity research shows that people with ADHD have trouble with emotional regulation. So Mm -hmm. back to the anger thing, um, experiencing symptoms such as, low frustration tolerance so like you know you're going about your day you drop the pencil you have to pick it up and then your 
your uh, phone falls out of your pocket when you lean over and you're just like, fuck this. Fuck yep. it. Fuck the day. <laughs> like, I hate this. I fucking hate this. This is a stupid fucking phone. I hate these pants. Like, yep. You go into this weird temper outburst, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just sensitivity can come with sounds or you're sensitive to sound. You're sensitive to touch, to smell, to sight. Um, so if it's too bright, if it's the wrong lights in the room, and you might not even be aware that you are feeling sensitive to these things because you're so used to working with fluorescent lights or you're so used to it being loud and you don't realize that's one of the reasons why you're feeling so raw all the time or burnt out. I just realized that Daffy Duck is like the perfect representation of ADHD brain <laughs> and I don't know what to do with this. With this newfound information. With this, because I mean, if you really think about it, we're talking about Daffy Duck, a character that is known to both jump around walls, change mind, drop of a hat, and one inconvenience, fine. Two inconveniences, okay, fuck this, tearing up this wall. I mean, to like, be fair, I feel like Looney Tunes in general. Oh, yeah. Between <laughs> Looney Tunes and Winnie the Pooh, you've basically got the DSM. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> oh, man. On that note. Yeah. On that note, this was, uh, I feel like, a good episode. Yes. A good place to end. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, on the Facebook page. Uh, and make sure if you want to send us something directly, you mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Words, brain, can't think. Uh, let me do that yeah. one more time. The email address is mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Send us an email. We'll respond to you as quickly as we can. Sometimes it takes us a minute because we want to sync up and make sure that we you know, respond from both of us. True. And, and we're uh, both very busy right now. But we yeah. wanted to thank. We have gotten some messages recently. And it just it means a lot to us because we are recording yes. away from everyone. We never see you guys. We never... Um, get to see reactions or have like an ongoing conversation. And so when we do hear from you, it helps because sometimes I feel like we're just throwing a ball into the void. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so lovely to know that we are doing something for a good cause. So thank you for the messages, guys. We always appreciate it. And we hope that you're doing really well. And as always, don't, don't tell, tell us, us to just, just get, get over it. it.